Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight, I want to talk to you about great warriors. Today is a very special day, as you know. It's a holiday to memorialize our fallen soldiers, men and women who served in the U.S. military from all the past wars. Of course, Memorial Day is a day to honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Originally known as Decoration Day, it originated in the years following the Civil War. The Civil War ended in the spring of 1865 and claimed more lives than any conflict in U.S. history and required the establishment of the country's first national cemeteries. By the late 1860s, Americans in many towns and cities across the nation began holding springtime tributes to these countless fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers and tributes. Records show, and this is a very interesting little bit of trivia that I bet you don't know. Records show that the earliest Memorial Day commemorations was organized by a group of formerly enslaved people in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. On May 5, 1868, General John A. Logan, leader of an organization for Northern Civil War veterans, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later that month. And so, on May 30, 1868, he said, This day was designated for the purpose of decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and churchyard in the land. On the first Decoration Day, General James Garfield made a speech at Arlington National Cemetery, and 5,000 participants decorated the graves of 20,000 Civil War soldiers buried there. The official Memorial Day became a federal holiday in 1971. Now, there have been many great warriors over the years. From that Civil War, General Robert E. Lee, commander of the Confederate Army, and Stonewall Jackson, Generals Sherman and Ulysses S. Grant from the Northern Army, to men like Jimmy Doolittle in World War II, and great generals like George Patton, Omar Bradley, Douglas MacArthur, and Dwight David Eisenhower. Those known to us today, General Norman Schwarzkopf of the Gulf War. Then came General Stanley McChrystal, and I have to tell you, he's just really one of my favorite guys of all time. This general, who was the head of the Joint Special Operations Command in Afghanistan, was just a stellar warrior. 
Now, former Defense Secretary Robert Gates described Stanley McChrystal as, quote, perhaps the finest warrior and leader of men in combat I ever met, end quote. General McChrystal's brother, Colonel Scott McChrystal, is a retired Army chaplain who represented the Assemblies of God Church. So our military American history is replete with many, many, many brave warriors. My cousin, now deceased, Colonel Mitchell Page, served in the Marine Corps during World War II. He received the nation's highest military decoration for valor in combat, the Medal of Honor. He received the Medal of Honor for his combat service in Guadalcanal, Solomon Islands. And I need to tell you something very interesting. I'm going to read his citation. For extraordinary heroism and conspicuous gallantry in action above and beyond the call of duty while serving with a company of Marines in combat against enemy Japanese forces in the Solomon Islands on the 26th of October, 1942, when the enemy broke through the line directly in front of his position, uh, Sergeant, Private Sergeant, oh, excuse me, Platoon Sergeant Page, commanding a machine gun section with fearless determination, continued to direct the fire of his gunners until all his men were either killed or wounded. Alone, against the deadly hail of Japanese shells, he fought with his gun and when it was destroyed, took over another, moving from gun to gun, never ceasing his withering fire against the advancing hordes until reinforcements finally arrived. Then, forming a new line, he dauntlessly and aggressively led a bayonet charge, driving the enemy back and preventing a breakthrough in our lines. His great personal valor and unyielding devotion to duty were in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service. Now, there's just another little bit of information I'd like to share about that. I was in high school at the time, and I was in the high school, in our school library, and I was looking through books, and I came across information that I was writing a report about the Battle of Midway, and I came across this information about this battle at Guadalcanal and about this Mitchell Page. And I thought, I, that's my cousin. So I was so excited. I checked out the book, brought it home, showed it to my dad, and he said, yes, this is, you know, our cousin. So I was so excited about this. And later... I got to meet my cousin. He, after the war, lived in California, and he came to visit my grandmother with his wife. And so I got to talk to him, and he wrote a book called A Marine Named Mitch. So I have a uh, signed copy of his book. And I can tell you that he was uh, a born-again, very devoted Christian all of his life, adult life, and just a humble, 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 humble man, and uh, just just a delight. So I'm excited that uh, I have a cousin who got the Medal of Honor, and 
he ended up dying at the age of 85. The Bible's greatest warrior was David. David who took down Goliath and later became king of Israel. David and his mighty men fought many battles. I want to share the great warriors that warred with David. That's why they were called mighty men. So if you have your Bible handy, you can read with me. I'll be reading out of 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 through 22. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Now I have to tell you, I might not pronounce their names all correctly. Josheb Bashaheth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite because he killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he, Shammah, stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. And I want to just stop there for a second because it sounds like these men, had they been living today, would have gotten the Medal of Honor. Then three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was in the stronghold. And the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Now, Abishai the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruah, was chief of another three. He lifted his spear against 300 men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of three? Therefore, 
he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three. Benaniah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He had also gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he went down to him with a staff, wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaniah the son of Jehoiada did, and won a name among the three mighty men. So you can see that there were great warriors that warred with David. I mean, these were, these were valiant, valiant men, strong. I mean, anybody that can kill 800 men at one time by himself, um, hey, that's, that's incredible. So I want to share also um, the David's men also took out some other folks. And let's just look at them. That's Second Samuel chapter 21, verses 15 through 22. When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines. And David grew faint. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruai, came to his aid, struck the Philistine, and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall not go out um, any more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibachai the Hushathite killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. Again there was a war at Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jearegum, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again there was a war at Gath, where there was a great man of stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in number, and he was also born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant in Gath. In other words, they would have been Goliath's sons and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So you can see, not only did they kill, as we saw in chapter 23, all of those men, but then they went to destroy the giants. These were family members of Goliath and took out every one of them. Now there's an interesting story 
in 2 Samuel 21. And I want to close talking about this particular story. It's a, it's a different story, but it shows something about a person who honored the dead in a very unique way. And I believe that it shows the character of a mother and a wife to bring honor to the dead. We are talking about Memorial Day. We are talking about memorializing the dead. So I'm going to be reading from 2 Samuel 21, verses 1 through 14. Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord. Of course, he was inquiring uh, as to why there was a famine. And the Lord answered, It is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house, because he killed the Gibeonites. So the king, David, called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel had sworn protection to them, but Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. I'll stop there for a second. So way back, Joshua made a, a covenant with the Gibeonites. Now that was a mistake on Joshua's part. He should have never gotten into a relationship with the Gibeonites or promising them anything, but he did. And what he promised them was that Israel would never harm them, would never go to war with them, and that Israel would protect them. <laughs> but King Saul thought otherwise, and he sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Okay, verse 3. Therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you, and with what shall I make atonement, that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? In other words, David is putting the question out there, How can I make things right? Obviously Saul screwed up and he killed, you know, lots of Gibeonites. What can I do to make it right? And the Gibeonites said to David, We have... we." will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his house, nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. So he said, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Then they answered the king, As for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, referring to Saul, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And King David said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, this is a different Mephibosheth, the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, whom she bore to Saul, and the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahoathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them on the hill before the Lord. So they fell, all seven together, 
and were put to death in the days of the harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, the barley harvest would have been late spring. Now, Rizpah, watch what she's going to do. Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock. From the beginning of harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven, which would have been early October. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And David was told what Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. Then Saul went and took the bones of Saul. Then David went and took the stones of bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, who had stolen them from the street of Bashan, where the Philistines had hung them up after the Philistines had struck down Saul in Gilboa. So David brought up the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son from there, and they gathered the bones of those who had been hanged. So that's the seven men that Rizpah was watching over. They buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, in the country of Benjamin and Zelah in the tomb of Kish, his father. So they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God heeded the prayer for the land. And of course, then the famine was over because David had repaired this breach. So I found that quite interesting that this woman... Uh, who, uh, as it says, she was um, a um, concubine of Saul um, and had children. Her two children were part of the seven. The other five was from another concubine, or actually the other five were from the daughter of Saul's, they were, would be Saul's grandchildren, and, um, and she protected them all. She protected those bodies so that they wouldn't be consumed either by the birds or the beasts. And I, I just see that as, uh, a, you know, quite honoring of her. And, um, you know, David, recognized that, and so he decided to take all the bodies, the bones that were left, and bury them properly, giving them a proper burial. So I want to just say that, you know, she did an incredible thing. She brought honor to the dead. And on Memorial Day, you know, we raise our flags And we stand firm in our hearts and our belief in God that those men and women who willingly gave us the gift of freedom, uh, we have so much to be thankful to them for and for their families as well. And I would like to pray for all of our military veterans in active duty this evening. And if you would, just please pray along with me. Father, we thank you for the men and women who have served our country and those who currently deployed in regions all over the world. Bless each one with protection and long life. Keep them out of harm's way. Give them wisdom 
and courage and strength for each battle they face. May they always serve with honor and dignity and be a reflection of your compassion and love. Bless our veterans with hope and healing. Give them long life and may they and may we always appreciate what they have done for all Americans. God bless each one to know Jesus as their Savior, Redeemer, and friend. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to let you sit back for a moment and listen to the most wonderful patriotic song, Stars and Stripes Forever, by Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops.
Don Noble. And I uh, wish you a wonderful memorial the rest of your day today. I'm sure you had a uh, terrific weekend. And um, we salute all of our men and women of the military. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again, or you can download the iHeart Radio app and listen to the podcast Pure Heart Ministries. And of course, uh, I always encourage you to please continue to pray for this ministry. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can uh, write me at Pure Heart Ministries, send a check to P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I certainly look forward to being with you again next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.